Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and I have a question for you. Did John the Baptist doubt who Jesus Christ really was at any point? Have you ever considered that? I believe there is plenty of scriptural evidence to show that John the Baptist was shaken by the issues of his life, and it caused him to doubt Jesus. And John was the very one who had the revelation of who he was. Hey, we're going to get into that. I think this episode is going to be really powerful because it's going to help you see how trials, circumstances, situations try to shake your faith. And we're going to become people who are unshakable in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hey, listen, I want to thank you for listening. We are approaching 100,000 streams for the year already. 2022, we had 110,000 streams. 2023, we're over 60,000 already in just less than two months. And so I want to thank you. And the reason that we have so many listens is because you share the podcast. And so today I just ask if this message speaks to you at all, Please post it on your social media, forward it to a couple friends and family members. I think today specifically is going to be really powerful. And listen, I have more slots for the discipleship school this summer. I originally was only going to do 30 to 50 students. Well, we already have 50 submissions, and I feel like we're going to open it up to more. So if you're still interested, you want to come to Dallas for two weeks, dive deep into your identity in Christ, dive into the spiritual gifts, and then go do evangelism with me and other believers in the Dallas area. If you want to learn how to be unshakable in your faith and be a fiery Christian who burns for a lifetime, then you've got to come to the Overcomers Discipleship School July 16th through the 28th here in Dallas. Um, You just need to cover your travel to get here. I am going to front for lodging. So if you're interested, send me a DM on Instagram at shane.winnings and we will get you plugged in. Finally, guys, we do need 76 more donors in order to meet our goal for this year. Um, It might sound like I'm fundraising all the time. I mean, one, I am a missionary. I don't have an income. I'm totally supported by donors. But two, I think if you look at the fruit of our ministry, you'll see that we're not just fundraising for no reason. I mean, all of this stuff that I do, even this podcast, it's free. My YouTube content is free. My, my sermons are free. When I go somewhere to preach, I don't charge. It's free. I've never charged for a meeting. Um, and to do these things, it's going to cost money. And uh, I want to hire a videographer. I want someone to follow me around and, and, and record what is happening. And so we can put more content out there. You can see miracles and all this stuff. I want to take my content to the next level. Did you know that I do all of this editing and everything myself? Maybe you knew that because my graphics are kind of not amazing, but I do it all myself. I don't have a team. I don't have anyone booking all my stuff. I don't have an assistant. Um, I'm doing it alone. And so if I raise some money for this organization, we're going to be able to hire some people and really take things to the next level. So I'm asking for 76 more people to give $1 a day or $30 a month. So if you want to do that, go to shanewinnings.com. Just click on the give button in the upper right hand corner. And then send me a DM so you could be on our monthly donor Zoom, which starts tonight. I'm super excited. So send me a DM once you've signed up and we'll get you plugged in. Okay, guys, let's let's get into this. We're talking about John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was the one who had the revelation of Jesus. He is the one who said 
he, he, he's paving the way, right? There's one coming who's greater than I. And then he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is John the Baptist. And he baptizes Jesus. He totally recognizes, who am I to be baptizing you? You know, that whole interaction. But something interesting happens when John the Baptist's circumstances change. You see, he was a fiery evangelist, and he went out and he was speaking out against uh, this marriage that happened with Herod. And as a result of that, he was arrested. And while he's in jail, I want you to look at Luke chapter 7. This is massive here, guys. I don't know if we've ever recognized this before. I am going to make a case, and I think that I don't even need to make the case. I'm just going to bring awareness to something that's already in the Bible. John the Baptist doubted who Jesus was. And it can happen to any of us. But I think it's very significant that it happened to him as he's the one who had the revelation. <laughs> Listen to this. We're in chapter 7 of Luke, verse 18 through 23. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. Now, all these things they're referring to are the healings that take place, Jesus raising uh, a dead son, literally, who came out of a coffin. So the disciples of John are going to tell him. 19, And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? So John is telling his disciples, go ask Jesus if he is the one. Or are we? is he the Messiah? Is he the Savior? Are we supposed to look for someone else? Why on earth would he ask that? Why would he ask that? Why? If, if he once said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, why now is he saying, go ask Jesus if he is the one? Or should we be looking for someone else? I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm not going to throw anything in your head yet. I want to read this passage. Verse 20, When the men had come to him, capital H, it's Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Listen to this part right here. Verse 23, And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Oh, man. Guys, the, the Bible is insane. Okay, we're going to break this down. Jesus tells John's disciples, go tell John the things you've seen and heard. I mean, he did miracles right in front of them. Go tell him the things you've seen and heard. The blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the lepers cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Okay? So he qualifies himself in all of those ways. But then he adds verse 23 which makes no sense unless Jesus is referring to something that John needs to hear. Let me ask you something. Do you think Jesus says things for no reason? 
No, of course he doesn't. And look, I'm not, I'm not insulting your intelligence by asking that. Sometimes you need to ask these questions to yourself so that your mind can really grasp what's going on. I do this to myself all the time. I go, well, Jesus doesn't say stuff for no reason. Why at the end of this would he add, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me? John, John didn't say anything about offense. John didn't say anything about being offended. Why would Jesus say that? Was it for no reason? Well, of course not. Jesus has a reason for everything. Okay, so if it has a reason, why is Jesus directing a passage to John the Baptist about not being offended? Well, what's happening with John the Baptist right now? He's in jail. Now, John the Baptist has the revelation of who Jesus is. He's the, he's the Lamb of God. He's the one. He's going to cleanse the world of all sin. I'm not even worthy to baptize you, to do any of this stuff. He has this revelation. He is the one who's paving the way. I need to decrease so you can increase. He gets it. And then he's thrown in jail. And now what's happening? His mind is spinning. And so he has his disciples go and he says, listen, go ask Jesus if he's really the one or should we be looking for someone else? What's he saying? Well, I thought he was the Christ, but I'm in jail and nothing seems to really have changed. My circumstances are pretty rough. It's not looking too good for me in here. Um, the political situation hasn't changed any. I'm not really seeing any type of kingdom coming down. I'm not really seeing what I thought I would see. So why don't you go ask Jesus if he's actually the one or, or maybe we're supposed to be looking for someone else. Go, go ask him if that's the case. Jesus understands the heart of John's question, which is why he adds verse 23. If Jesus, if Jesus thought that all John wanted to know was about miracles, he would have said, hey, here's a bunch of miracles. Go tell them the deaf are seeing, the blind, or the deaf are hearing, the blind are seeing, the dead are raised, the lepers are cleansed, demons are cast out. Man, it, it's happening. Go tell them that. But that's not all he says. He adds at the end, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Why is he saying that? Because John is offended. Or there is a place. I would either say this. Either John was offended, or John was being tempted to be offended. And that is evidenced by Jesus addressing offense in a message just for John. So Jesus knows that John's in prison and his head is spinning because, well, this isn't going how I thought it would go. I thought Jesus was going to come in here and he was just going to kind of run house. And now I'm in jail. This isn't looking good. Is this the Christ? Is this the Messiah? Guys, isn't it so wild how the guy who had the revelation of Jesus is now questioning if he really is who he claimed to be, who John thought he was? And what changed? He got put in jail. He got squeezed by life and he began to go, uh, I don't know. I'm now I'm not so sure. Is that true in your own life? If you reflect on your own life, I want you to look. Look inward. Are there things happening 
in your life that are causing you to question the character, the nature, the integrity, the authority, the identity of God himself? Were you happy to follow God and follow Jesus and live for him? And then all of the sudden life began to squeeze you and you began to go, well, is God for me? Is God even real? Because I don't really see any of my prayers coming to pass right now. I'm in a situation I never thought I'd be in, let alone hoped to be in. This is a situation I totally wanted to avoid, and now I'm here. Ah, God, are you really here? Are you really with me? Are you really the God of the Bible? Because it's not looking like that right now. And if Jesus was in the flesh somewhere, you might be able to send some friends out and say, hey, go ask Jesus if he really is who he says he is because I'm just not seeing it where I'm at. Isn't that the temptation? And Jesus addressed it himself. Not only did he qualify himself by telling him, look, tell John that all of these miracles are happening. But... Blessed is the one who doesn't let offense rise up in them because of him. Do not get offended at me because of your situation. Don't take your eyes off of who I am. Don't let life cause your revelation to be shaken. Who needs to hear that today? How many of you life has absolutely tried to shake your revelation? Come on, guys, this isn't just, this isn't fickle Peter who one minute you're the Christ, next minute this can never happen to you, and he's getting called Satan. One minute I'll die for you, the next minute I'm, I, I'm denying you. We're not talking about Peter here. We're talking about John the Baptist, who Jesus praised. John the Baptist, who was the first one to recognize him for who he was, and now he's saying, guys, go find out if it's actually him. Or should we be looking for someone else because I'm in jail and it's just not looking like how I thought it would look? Guys, if it can happen to John the Baptist, it can happen to anyone. Now, are we knocking John the Baptist? Absolutely not. Jesus didn't knock him. Jesus encouraged him. Jesus gave him uh, somewhat of a, a fatherly, brotherly, you know, you could call it a warning. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. What do you think happened to John the Baptist when he heard that? Oh, man. Okay. Okay, yeah. Man, I feel the Lord even on that, just imagining John the Baptist in prison, just like life is weighing down on him. He's he's in jail. He's trying to do good. He's outspoken, he's not caring what people think, and he's in jail, and his I can just feel that. His faith is just like, oh, guys, go, go find out. Go find out. Is he the one? Is he the one? Or ask him, is he paving the way for another one? I got to know. And, he, and they come back with the news, and they say, listen, the blind are seeing, the dead are raised, and I can just feel like John the Baptist's heart is coming alive at this testimony because they're not just relaying information. Jesus did things that said that very hour. He did it for them to have firsthand accounts. So they went back and they said, John, you're never going to believe, man. We saw him heal the sick. 
We saw him cast out demons. We have seen him do these things. We've also heard of other amazing things. This is him. And he also said this. He said, blessed is the one who's not offended because of me. And I bet John was just like, okay. Yeah, it's you, Jesus. You're the one. And I know that I'm in this hard place, but I know that you're the one. And because of that, nothing else matters. Oh, guys, do you feel that? I just feel the Holy Spirit all over me right now. Jesus even goes on to say later in that, For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Jesus is not looking at you in your doubt and condemning you. Jesus didn't say, there's no one greater than John the Baptist, but right now he's, his mind's spinning, and, and I just don't know how things are going to turn out for him. No. He praised him. And I'm telling you that if you are born again and you belong to God, he's praising you as you seek truth and as you continue in the faith. John wasn't departing from the faith. He was asking really hard questions because he was in trouble in his mind and in his spirit. I got to know, is this him? Because I am just, I'm in a pinch. And I'm telling you, I've been in hard places where you're going, God, I mean, I believe in you. I'm struggling, though, in this area. I, I need you to tell me something. Show me something, anything. I, I believe in you, but I'm, I'm honest with myself, and I'm honest with you, God. I'm experiencing unbelief, and I'm not giving into it, but I, it's there. Please help me. And I, I encourage myself in truth, and I go over old testimonies, and I remind myself of God's faithfulness. But how many of you know that it's okay to tell God, I am in a place of unbelief, and I need your help desperately? That's not giving up. That's not failure. That is actually faith, because you're saying, look, I'm choosing to believe in you, even in the presence of sensual evidence that's telling me to not believe in you. I'm choosing to believe in you. But my flesh is fighting unbelief, and I'm asking for some help. And I'm going to keep walking this road, but God, please help me because I feel weak. You know, in your weakness, he's made strong. Guys, this is powerful. Listen, the reason that John the Baptist apparently was shaken here, enough to ask the question, because let me, let me, let me present it this way. If John the Baptist maintained his revelation that Jesus was who he says he was, then would he have asked the question? Seriously, would John the Baptist send disciples to go find out if Jesus was who he said he was if he knew he was who he said he was? No, he wouldn't because he, he would have known. But there was a point in time where he was unsure. And that point in time came after he got thrown in jail and his life got turned upside down and all of a sudden things aren't looking good. And it happens to us. And the reason that this happens is because we get our eyes off of the revelation we had at first. We begin to let our circumstances and our situations speak louder than truth. We begin to let what we see speak louder than what we have known. 
Because I'm telling you, if the whole time John the Baptist had not lost sight of that moment when he saw Jesus, that moment when he baptized him and the Spirit came down and remained on him like a dove, and he was anointed and the voice came from heaven, said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. If John the Baptist had not taken his mind and his eyes off of that, he would have never asked the question. But at some point, his eyes had to have come off of that and looked at the four walls in the cell that he's in and thought, well, now I am not so sure. And we do it all the time, but we don't have to. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, not looking down so that we don't trip over our own feet. Let's not let something that matters more than what matters most. Because the moment we take our eyes off of the revelation of who God is, we leave ourselves a sitting duck, an easy target for the enemy to begin to just work our minds with little accusations and little seeds of doubt. And we give our flesh provision to begin to live in this place of doubt. And before long, we feel like we're in this place of despair and we're wondering how we got there. And it's because we began to live sensually. We began to live by how we see and hear and what we think. And I just feel, and well, I, I just feel like if Jesus was there, this wouldn't be happening. Forget all of that. This word right here that is in my hands is my truth, regardless of my circumstance. The Bible said that God has elevated his word above his own name. And Philippians 2 says that at that name, Every knee in heaven, earth, and under the earth is going to bow and confess. And so if every knee ever, heaven, earth, and under the earth, is going to bow and confess at the name, and God has elevated his word above his name, then how high should we elevate this word in our lives? Certainly above our experience. And I'm telling you, if you do this, you will not be shaken by life. And do you want to know how to seal this thing? How to sear it into your heart and into your mind? You get alone with God every day when no one else is around. No phone to distract you. No computer. You get alone with God and you get this word inside of your heart. You bury it in there. Because when you get squeezed by life, and there's nothing left. The word is what comes out. Amen. <sighs> we're going to get more into this in the school. So if you come, we're, we're really going to hammer this identity and walking in a revelation that can't be shaken. I'm telling you, this is what we need to get as Christians. When we get this, man, we're going to live different. Amen. How many of you, this is speaking to you right now. Let me know. Guys, please forward this to someone else if it, if it meant anything to you. I know that people are going to get free from this message. They're going to get that revelation. I don't want you just to have a good day as a Christian. I don't want you to wake up to have a good day. Listen, if John the Baptist woke up to have a good day and he found himself in prison, all of a sudden he's in trouble because life isn't going how I thought it would, and now I'm questioning Jesus. But if you wake up, you die to yourself, and your only expectation is that you're going to shine in darkness. When you do get thrown in jail, you're saying, Lord, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what's going on, but I know you're good. You're faithful. You see me, and I love you. 
and you're going to work all things for your good. And to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. If I die, I'm going to be with you. If I get to continue living, I'm going to have a story to tell, and I'm never going to lose my faith. Come on, we're not alive for ourselves. We're alive for him. Amen? All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you tomorrow.